Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1354, air date November 10th, 2023. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. It is uh, almost 2.30 p.m. EST, and the conversation we're going to be having today um, uh, John Cullen is going to be interviewing me. We're going to have a conversation about a lot of different things, but we're going to focus today on uh, inviting everyone to join our march, Workers' March. Working people are very sick and tired of what's going on at Harvard, particularly what's going on to, uh, in Palestine and in the United States with um, what I would like to say the Zionist occupation of not only uh, uh, Palestine, but America. And those are two different points uh, on a map. And uh, John, who's going to be uh, John Cullen, has done a lot of work on maps and uh, mapping. Um, so we're talking about, you know, Harvard Square, where we're going to be having this uh, event tomorrow. And just to uh, bring everyone up to date, tomorrow, um, November 11th at 11 a.m., um, we're going to be having a massive march on Harvard. We're calling it a workers' march because um, this is beyond just students marching, but we're getting working people out. And it's very, very important that working people come out because um, you know, it's, you know, it's great to see idealist students out there protesting against what's going on in Palestine, but when working people come out to the streets, um, it's even more powerful. So we're calling it a workers' march uh, on Harvard, and Harvard is really Zionism's headquarters. And so this is gonna be occurring in Harvard Square, November 11th, which is tomorrow. And we're gonna be there at 11 a.m., 11, 11 at 11 a.m. Um, and, uh, you notice that, um, John Cullen, the, what the messaging here is free Palestine. That's one location, right? Free America and free the world, because there's no way Palestine is going to get free until America's free because America has been occupied by Zionism and the, and the epicenter of Zionism is Harvard university. So our slogan, uh, we're not sort of pussyfooting around and saying cease fire peace now. People have been saying ceasefire and peace now for 40 years. And in many ways, ceasefire basically means, you know, to the Israeli army, two steps forward, one step back, which means go in, destroy, come back, you know, and then go in again. And that's what they've been doing over 40 years. Um, and I will be sharing tomorrow at my talk um, on how we really end genocide of Palestinians and end the enslavement of working people here and now. And to give you an idea of where this is physically on the map, let me take you over here. So if you go to Google Maps, this is a Kennedy School of Government right here. Um, and um, and we we'll talk more about, about this. I still see your, uh, your Twitter. I'm What's still that? Seeing, I, I still, still see, see the Twitter? Twitter? Okay, yeah. hold on. Let me, yeah. I may have to share the other screen. Thanks, John. So yeah. uh, let me bring up the other screen. So um, let me actually share the whole window here. I think if I share... Uh, which window? I guess I can't do. I guess I have to share. Um, I have to share the actual Chrome tab. So if I share with you guys this window here, if you Google Map this, the Kennedy School is basically a training ground for CIA. The Henry Kissingers come there. The George Soros go through there, um, as well as Mossad, and was built out in the 1980s. And it's right there. And Harvard Square is um, right over here. Okay, so Harvard Square is right around here. And we're gonna be having, we're gonna meet here and then we're gonna march over to uh, the Kennedy School. But the Kennedy School really represents the epicenter where they train all these warmongers uh, to go butcher people all over the world. And, um, and we'll talk more about that, but we'll also um, shortly as we talk with John, I'll just give you a quick preview. Um, there's a wonderful mapping project that was done by a mapping group really looking at um, how different entities throughout Massachusetts are directly related to Zionism in Palestine. So if I take this away, um, these are all the different entities that are related to Zionism in Palestine. So everything is interconnected. So I put the Harvard Kennedy School of Government here, um, right here. Um, this gives all the different uh, connections between the Kennedy School, which is right in the center here, and all of these different organizations in Massachusetts. So Massachusetts is truly, I've always said, Massachusetts or Harvard particularly is the, is the sewer that feeds a global swarm 
um, all over the world. And, and, you're, and we're going to walk through this with John um, uh, on this. And you can see Harvard Kennedy School is right here. And it pretty much intersects with Raytheon, all these different organizations, Harvard Law School, the Israeli Summit at Harvard. Um, and we'll come back to this. But um, the main thing that, John, I think you and I were talking about this before, is that everything is interconnected. And when you can start visualizing things using visual maps, people actually start seeing these interconnections. But tomorrow is going to be a historic day because what's what's typically happened, um, and, and John will get into the conversation, is that the discussion of Zionism has been suppressed artificially in the United States for far too long, for 40 years. If you say anything against Zionism, it's immediately conflated with as though you hate Jews. When the reality is Zionists hate Jews, Zionists have butchered Jews, Zionists collaborated with Nazis to kill Jews during World War II. Um, so what our movement and you know our my run for president, I'm the only viable candidate who's openly speaking out against Zionism because Zionism has literally occupied America politically, financially, uh, academically, and it controls what's going on. And so tomorrow is an opportunity for anyone. Uh, we'll be streaming it live, but we want people to join us um, in Harvard Square, November 11th at 11 a.m., and we'll meet right in Harvard Square. But we're going to march on Harvard. The other thing I just want to share, John, and this will give you some context as we're discussing this, is that when we put out this flyer about three days ago, literally moments after this flyer went out, the president of Harvard put out a letter, and she issued an edict, John, in di direct response to our poster, which and basically said slogans with from the river to the sea are now condemned by Her Majesty. Her name is Claudine Gay. Okay, so people, uh, so basically, apparently, there's a First Amendment. There's a different constitution for Zionists, right? There's a carve out for what you can say, uh, what you can or cannot say against Zionism. Uh, but we're obviously going to defy that because this is the United States of America. It's not owned by Zionists. It's not owned by Netanyahu or any Zionists. But we're going to have a very powerful march. Um, however many people come, it's really important for people to understand that working people need to get out. But Harvard is the epicenter. It's the think tank of Zionism. And that's from a you know mapping standpoint. All right, John. So I know you wanted to take it away so we could take it away in many directions. I just wanted to give people that preview. Oh, it's fascinating. I mean, you're sharing with me a system I've never seen before. First of all, I'm incredibly grateful that you and I are together and having an opportunity to talk. So a huge honor. So thank you. I'm very, very grateful. You're kind of a hero right, to me, right? So thank you. So where do you want to start, John? It, it's your, oh, I know oh, you, for your audience, your audience is probably wondering who the hell is the guy in the hat and the glasses and, and why is Dr. Shiva have him on the show? So why don't we give people a little bit of background <clears throat> so they understand why I'm here and you know, why we're talking about uh, this map of uh, the Charles River and all that. Uh, back in the 1980s, when uh, Dr. Shiva was at MIT, I was at Oracle. And one of the systems that I built at Oracle is that system that we looked at uh, from Johns Hopkins, this mapping system that they use to map the pandemic. I don't know, uh, can uh, can John number one pull that up? Can we share that with the audience and just show right, John, if you, um, maybe. A peek at that first slide with the red map. Yeah, John, can you bring it up on yours? I can't bring it up here, no, I can't, yeah. Yeah, so John's gonna bring this up. Uh, but we're going to do a deeper dive into this in another uh, exactly. live to everyone. But we just want to give John Cullen's background. This will um, help people understand why we're talking about this map of the Charles River and the Har and the Harvard area, and it, it. And we're going to explain just how complex that is. What you guys see on the screen now is the map of the COVID pandemic, and this is a screenshot that was taken March thirteenth of twenty twenty. Back in the 1980s, when I was at Oracle, I led the team that built this system. So when I saw that Johns Hopkins was using it to map the pandemic, you know, it's like running into your first car, you know, 35 years later, you know, it's like, what? That's my first car. So this was a system I built in, in the late 80s. Uh, again, I'm a couple years older than you. And uh, they use this to map the coronavirus pandemic. And I noticed certain things 
from this Johns Hopkins map that I found stunning. And, uh, you know, things su such as this was, uh, what, what is this? This is March 13th, 2020. This was the day that President Trump declared a national emergency in the United States. And according to Johns Hopkins, there's not 10 people dead in Hong Kong. There's not 10 people dead in Shanghai. There's not 10 people dead in Beijing. No one's dead in Vietnam. No one's dead in Laos. But boy, that map sure is red, isn't it? And that's when I said, whoa, 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 who's, who's behind this? This is deception. Now, you have a degree in data visualization. Yeah. Right? You, you, you've got a master's in data visualization, right? I mean, this is a master's or a doctorate, right? Did you get a I, I Actually, so, so, uh, so, you know, in the 80s for people uh, joining, you know, was a period when computing was starting to meet with graphics in a very powerful way. So I came back to the MIT Media Lab and I did my research on what was called scientific visualization, John. It was just an emerging field. Um, so what that meant was you're taking lots of data that's coming out of scientific engineering, you know, all sorts of business systems and trying to figure out clever ways to graph it. Now this may, I mean, in those days, just to give you an idea, there was a product called one, two, three, you may remember this in the eighties. I knew Mitch. Yeah, and Lotus, yeah. Uh, so, I Mitch yeah, so I, I work for him, right? He was right above okay. me, but Mitch Kapoor is okay. the guy who started one, two, three. So, okay. so to people who don't understand, the predecessor to Excel was a product called one, two, three. And one, two, three was a spreadsheet product. And it, you know, you could do what you do on modern spreadsheets. You didn't have multiple sheets, you just had one sheet. Mm -hmm. But it had very, very shitty graphics, John. And I was hired as one of the first engineers at a company oh. um, in Waltham. And what we did was we had reverse engineered Lotus mm -hmm. and uh, everyone always used to complain about Lotus. It had no graphics. Imagine mm -hmm. using Excel and you couldn't really do charts. That's what mm -hmm. how one, two, three was mm -hmm. in 1980, was it 1986, okay? Mm -hmm. So we, at this other company, we created a tool um, called Freelance, which was a predecessor oh, to PowerPoint. Wow. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that you were on that. Okay. I did. Yeah. So we won every major PC award. So I did all the graph stuff for it. You know, I, you know, the graphing, I did many, many of the charts on it. So I learned a lot about taking computers and figuring out ways to map it. To, I mean, you know, it was simple bar charts and bubble charts and all that kind of stuff. Right. And then that company got sold to Lotus and eventually okay. got sold to IBM. And then mm -hmm. I came back to MIT. This was 1988. The Media Lab had just started. Mm -hmm. This is before Epstein had infiltrated it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Epstein infiltrated the Media Lab in 2000. But uh, we're going to back to him. We're going to yeah. come back to him when we go to Harvard Square. Yeah. So a woman called Muriel Cooper is known as a grand dame of graphic design. Another guy called Negroponte. They created the Media Lab, which is really to bring artists and technologists together. A lot of people don't know. I have a very very deep desire in art and integrating that with technology. In fact, one of the books I wrote many, many years ago, do I have it here, called Arts and the Internet, uh, which was a lot of my friends were artists, John. So the idea was how, you know, to use the internet to reach more people, right? But my master's work at, at the Media Lab was taking um, data, I mean, high dimensional data and figuring out how you would find clever ways of visualizing it beyond just bar charts and pie charts, you know? Um, using mapping and heat mapping. It was, it was a new area. Um, and what I ended up doing was for my master's and later became my PhD work, there was a very, very interesting phenomenon um, predicted by a very famous engineer and a scientist in the 1800s, or, uh, maybe it may have been the 1700s, Lord Rayleigh, who was known as the father of sound. And he had predicted that you would see certain very interesting wave patterns if you sent a sound wave into certain kinds of material, no one had ever seen this before. Mm -hmm. And so I modeled it mathematically. And then I literally visualized it and created these very cool animations. Mm. Now, what Lord Rayleigh had predicted was if you send a certain sound wave into certain types of media, the sound wave will go and it'll form a fishtail pattern. Mm -hmm. And I was able to, for the first time, visualize that. But anyway, um, that was, you know, uh, the beginnings of scientific visualization. We didn't have the ability. I had to literally write the software to drop one image after the other onto these huge hard drives. So doing a 15 second animation would take literally two days and I would not get that much sleep, you know, for my oh, final thesis. Dude, I, think I stayed my awake. Frame, 
Yeah, yeah. Three, yeah, three nights straight through, right? Because you want mm -hmm. you were babysitting it. I oh. for seventy two hours, no sleep, straight through, just on. I remember those days. I, yeah. remember, I mean, I remember going through the same thing. We were using um, one of the early, early. Uh, I forget if it was FrameMaker or something in the marketing department of one of the companies I was at. And yeah, I remember FrameMaker. And man, it was it was tough sledding back then. It, it took tremendous effort to get yep. the kind of results we were getting back in the day. And that's why when I looked at this map from Johns Hopkins and I said, well, wait, a minute, well, why is the whole thing red? I mean, red, amber, green is sort of first base in the computing industry, right? I mean, your charts are either going to be red, amber, or green. Yep. And, and when I took a look at the map and I said, so the whole world is red. There's, and when you looked at the data, it's a, but there's nobody dead in Vietnam. If there's nobody dead in Vietnam, why do you have a big red circle there? There's nobody dead. What do they have to do to get a green? Yeah. And that's when I realized something was wrong. So, so, now, the, so, so what's the, interesting, uh, John, is you can take quantitative data like you're talking about. And then also we were talking about link it, do linkages. That's huge. So that's, all, that's what I'm excited about. The yeah, map so, you just so, showed so, me. So, so, so to people listening, what that means is, you start making linkages between one piece of data to another quantitatively. So for example, people do that on LinkedIn, right? You can have a thousand friends and imagine you, you drew lines between your closer friends and your not so close friends, right? You would get a very sort of cool visual map, maybe use different color lines to map that. So this mapping project that was done, um, and it wasn't done by us, this was done by I, I've uh, put out some emails to reach out to them, but they did this mapping project, which was to really start mapping out, believe it or not, Zionism in Massachusetts linkages, John, to Israel, okay? Um, so let me explain to the audience what this yeah. means, because this is, it's really two different levels of data because it's showing you both a physical map of Massachusetts, you see Cape Cod and all that, and it's also showing you the relationships between the physical entities that it's mapping. So in other words, it's showing you the location of Harvard such and such. It's showing you the location of some technology company that's out in Cambridge somewhere. But then it's showing you the connective tissue is what we used to call it. We called it the connective tissue between the entities. So in, in, in the computing industry, we call this an entity relationship diagram and the fact that it's then married to the physical locations is fabulous. Like this is, and, and, and this is can, very sophisticated. And John, you can, I think it's important to recognize these are the link types. So yellow means it's just an association or collaboration. A green means they're getting financial support. A red means it's an actual partnership and owner membership. Um, uh, a, a purple means there's some product or real estate link. So if I just type in, um, Harvard Kennedy School, right, mm -hmm. which is the organization in the 1980s, which was really created to tr uh, train scumbags and warmongers, and and it's a Kennedy, and it has a Kennedy name on it, and everyone should understand John Kennedy was one of the biggest scumbags, imperialists of U.S. history. Forget all the uh, thing that tries to make him look like he was some great guy, but he was one of the biggest imperialists. But if I zoom in on here, John, this is only the Kennedy School, right? We can see all, uh, to your point, the linkages, John. So if I zoom in here, I'm gonna to try to get yeah, into where, yeah. so here's the Kennedy School right here. So the Kennedy School is right here and the yellow links are associations and collaborations. The red are someone else is a partner, right? Or membership. And the green is, um, you know, the financial relationships over here. So we can look at, you know, one of the red links going here which goes to some organization up here. Let me just zoom out. And we can see that um, this is a Northeast Homeland Security Advisory Council, right? And over here is a Raytheon, okay? So the Harvard's Kennedy School has a direct partnership, ownership slash membership relationship um, with right here with the um, you know uh, Kennedy School of Government. That's what's fascinating, John. So we can literally see all these mappings right out of here. You know, here's Kennedy School of Government. Um, Very powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. So and this is just in Massachusetts. This is, I mean, this isn't even spreading out to California. You, once you get out to Long Beach, I mean, you, you know, you got Lockheed, you got 
right? I mean, this isn't even taken that into consideration. This is just within your neighborhood. Right. This so is, these right, are all the area. linkages related to Zionism. Okay. So all of these entities are very close. So you have Brandeis University. Uh, many, many years ago, John, uh, I led a massive protest against this uh, guy called Mir Kahana who wanted to just butcher all the Palestinians. This is the 1980s. But uh, I think it's important um, for people to understand that you can do these cool maps, right? So you show geographical locations and their interrelationships. It's a big deal. This is very yeah. sophisticated. You yeah. know, one of the things I always wondered, and you know, you're talking about Harvard, and you can't really talk about Harvard and all this stuff without talking about Jeffrey Epstein. And one of the things I always used to wonder was why are all these politicians always ranting and raving about Israel, especially the ones from Alabama and Mississippi? And I was like, really? You guys care that much about what's going on in Israel? I never could understand it. And then I saw a photograph of, who is it, Ehud Barak? Yeah. And Jeffrey Epstein walking into the mansion on you know the, 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 the townhouse that he had. And I'm like, wait a second. What the hell is going? It's like, could this be more obvious? What this is, and and uh, sort of the connective tissue here is that his his Moby Dick, his white whale, was MBS. Yeah, his white whale was MBS. And everyone should mention who MBS is. That is the right. the king of Saudi Arabia, right? Prince. Crown Prince, Crown Prince, his dad, his dad's still alive. Right. So as long as, long as uh, King Solomon's still there, he's right. Crown Prince. But he's they call him Mister Everything. He's running everything in Saudi Arabia. So for all intents and purposes, he's you know he's the guy. And again, that's that's sort of this connective tissue here was Jeffrey Epstein's photograph of him with MBS is what he had sitting on his desk. Yeah, that was his prize thing. And so imagine all these people. Are getting honey potted by the Mossad. Imagine that island is owned by them, and everybody's coming there and they think they're guests of you know good old Jeffrey Epstein. And it's all on video, Shiva. It's all on yeah. video. And it and then you're like, oh no wonder all these all these rednecks are are big fans of Israel. Now I get it because because they, they got them on film doing all kinds of inappropriate things. And so now it kind of makes sense to me. I never understood it. Never made sense. I was like, why, why is this such a big topic? You don't hear everybody carrying on about Morocco. Why not? Why not Morocco? Yeah. Well, John, if you, if you, if we go back to this map here, right? Yeah. Um, I just restricted it to Zionism. And these mm -hmm. are all the linkages to Zionism. One of the things we notice, so if our, if uh, the Kennedy School is here, all of these are all the defense contractors in Massachusetts: Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, wow. Boeing, right? Uh, General Dynamics. So all of these large. This is a military-industrial complex in in Massachusetts. John, you may remember, 128 is this route right here. This Isn't is 128. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Route 128, to those of you listening, was known as the military industrial complex route. And you can see this is Route 128. You see Northrop Grumman, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, right? Over here is Raytheon. And over here is also Raytheon, right? So there's Raytheon here and Raytheon here. So when, when we look at the administration, doesn't the administration, like I wish we had an administration tab that would pull up Avril Haines, Barack Obama. I mean, don't we have a whole bunch of folks in the administration that also spent a fair amount of time in the neighborhood you're showing us? Yes. Yeah. So what we, what we want to understand is that uh, when we look at this Kennedy School, it's dead center right here, right? So you have Kennedy School of Government. Um, it's named after the Kennedys. Uh, Harvard University is right next door, right? Which is part of the Kennedy School. Well, who went to school here? Bill Ackman went here, right? Ben Shapiro went here. Robert... Booby fucking Kennedy went here. Um, uh, Ron DeSantis went here. Vivek the Snake went here. Keep Pretty going. much, I mean, you can keep going down the list, right? Barack, Barack Obama, Obama, Avril Haines, right? Yeah, right? yeah. Every, every one. So there's probably a half a degree of freedom between people who have actually traversed the streets of this area and have ended up at the White House. And it's, in, it's not even a large area, John. It's a very small square footage, right? It's literally around here. 
And that's what people need to understand. The swarm, as I've termed it, you know, literally works out of this region. And all of this, notice it's called John F. Kennedy Street, right? John mm -hmm. F. Kennedy Park, the Kennedy School of Government, okay? Um, so the Kennedys are wholesale involved in the military industrial complex. Their names are on all of this. And that's, that's, that, that's why we, we think, that's why we decided, John, we could have, uh, many people have gone and protested, for example, at, okay, you could go protest at the Israeli embassy. We could go protest the government, right? Mm -hmm. But it's really, really important to educate people to recognize that the center of power that educates all of these worldwide scumbags comes out of Harvard University. And particularly, probably that uh, a very small one mile, even less than half a mile radius in that, in that region. And so from a mapping standpoint and from a visualization standpoint, the more people start understanding that you can physically understand where these people are. So if you go to Google Maps and you look at, you know, um, Harvard Square right there, right? You can see we're not in a large area. So Kennedy School of Government's right there. And up the street over here is actually, you know, Harvard Law School. Uh, over here is Harvard Business School. So within this small Harvard Museum of Natural History, so within this very small area, John, uh, you could argue uh, the world's leading scumbags have gone through. And the Kennedy School of Government is the training ground for these folks. Um, if you go look at the roster of the Kennedy School of Government, the kinds of people that they invite to speak, right? Henry Kissinger, George Soros, right? Casper Weinberger, and all of it's right here. So this is why it's really important for people to really understand who the real enemy is. We can point fingers at, you know, we can go protest in Congress, right? But let's be honest, Congress is owned by these guys. So well, we have to go to the whole thing. America, Americans are wondering, how do we keep ending up so involved in these things? And you're illustrating it. This is how. This is how. This is how we end up so involved that we've got two aircraft carriers sitting off the coast of Cyprus right now. I mean, it, it, it's absurd to a level that I think the American people are really starting to wake up to it and are starting, why are we involved in all this stuff repeatedly? It needs to stop. Yeah, and if you, and if you look at the answer to that question, John, is that if you look at Kennedy School of Government and the people running it, it's run by people out of the Pentagon. The Belfer School is run by a guy called Eric Rosenbach, okay? He's the one who put together the documents to do censorship in the United States that we revealed in our lawsuit um, in 2020. It was the first lawsuit that exposed the fact that government has created a censorship infrastructure into every um, social media company. And that came out, John, in our law lawsuit, which is up on winbackfreedom.com. And if mm -hmm. people go to that site, they will see that here's Eric Rosenbach, right? This There's a sort of an entity, you know, there's a visual um, diagram on this. Let me bring it up, right? Um, I have to go here, right? So people go here. Here is the entire censorship infrastructure out of CISA. And here is Eric Rosenbach. All of these people up here, they created these documents at the Belfer School, at the Kennedy School. And these documents are manuals of how you will launder censorship, how government can censor Americans using a backdoor portal into Twitter. And so all of this came out of the Belfer School from this guy, Eric Rosenbach. So when we really step back, oops, I think I got to share this, right? Mm -hmm. When we really step back and look at all this, uh, the swarm, as I call it, John, comes out of a very small set of people who are all interconnected in ways that it's hard for the average American to even appreciate that they all go to the same restaurants. They all hang out at the same clubs. Um, and that's why nothing ever changes because we're not part of, we're literally not part of that club. Right. And they don't have to really work, John. They simply have to just show up. They just show up and they get contracts, you know, they get um, uh, deals, et cetera. And this guy, Eric Rosenbach right here, um, another Zionist, right, um, is the one uh, who's at the Kennedy School of Government. And so it's a very tight-knit group. So I think for all of you listening, um, with John, we're going to do a much deeper episode on mapping. But there is a map here. The visual map is we're having our protests right in Harvard Square. And we're going to target the Kennedy School of Government. Target meaning to expose people 
that there are physical places where all the swarm hangs out together. And there is a latitude and a longitude to where the swarm is, John. It, it appears that way. Yeah. I, al I also saw something recently that got me thinking. I don't know to what degree it was accurate, but it was suggesting that a fair number of these power players seem to have dual citizenship. They have yeah. citizenship in the United States and Israel. And quite frankly, I don't know anybody who's got dual citizenship in Israel and the United States. So I found that odd when they started rattling off a whole bunch of names of people. I was like, really? All these people have dual citizenship? I found that odd. I don't know if it's true, but you might hear something about that in the weeks to come that also kind of trips your trigger and you go, why are all these guys have dual citizenship? Where, where's this coming from? Well, people, if people have a chance to go to this website, John, called APAC, okay? Mm -hmm. And every American who wants freedom in America and wants the occupation, because the United States is occupied by Zionism. Obviously, Palestine is occupied, but I would say equal and more importantly, the United States is occupied. And there is this Zionist organization called APAC, and, and see, it says stand with Israel. It doesn't say America, stand with America, it says stand with Israel, okay? Um, and on this website, it's all about supporting candidates who are pro-Israel. And then if you sort of go to their APAC PAC, which is their political action committee, John, again, um, it lists all the candidates that they are supporting, John, okay? And doesn't, this, doesn't this strike people as odd, though? In other words, yeah, okay, I, I get, the, I get the, the Holocaust seventy-five years ago. I get that. I get that. It's like it happened. They got the state. Okay, but why? Why don't we have campaigns like this for Morocco? Why don't we have campaigns like this for the Congo? Why don't we? Why is this the only other country in the world where there's this level of political action? Why is that? Yeah. So these are all the candidates. So I think, John, you're asking, why isn't there an APAC for India? Why isn't there an APAC for Nigeria? Why isn't there you know, an APAC equivalent for every country? But if you look on these, John, these are 355 candidates. And you notice it says our candidates, okay? If you go back, it says our candidates, John. All right, can you see this here? I see um, Stand With Israel. I see the banner. Let me go back to this site because I, um, since I'm not sharing the window, um, so there, it, off of the site, it has got their candidates, John, who, mm -hmm. which are the candidates of APAC, okay? And so how let me go to those, that. So, how many of those candidates are going to appear on Epstein's fight log? Right. So 70, it says 70%. we have supported 365 mm. pro-Israel. That's nearly 80, 90% of the U.S. Congress, yep. all right? And then if we go to actually where it says support our candidates, this link here, and I'll, I think I have to go back. Look, they even put a dollar on it, $17 million, right? In direct right. support, direct right. support. So so APAC has given the for 365 candidates, which are their selected group of people. And obviously, I'm not ever going to be in that selected group of people. Not after the right? show. No, no. No. Um, no. But if you go to that, these are their actual candidates, John. And I just want people to look at this. I've, I've shared this before. But these people may appear theatrically to be on opposite sides. Right. Mike Johnson, a right-wing, quote-unquote, Christian Zionist. And then and here's Hakeem Jeffries. Jeffries. Yeah. And then um, you, you can see, here's Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who's your total left-wing nut job, okay? And she's been funded, and so is Mike Johnson, your right-wing nut job. So right-wing nut job, left-wing nut job, okay? And then as you go down through this, you'll even see Another, you know, bullshitter, uh, opportunist scumbag, uh, a.k.a. Um, Ted Cruz. OK, so Ted Cruz is on this list. But you can see that all of these people are Democrats and Republicans, far left, far right, mid left, mid right. But it doesn't matter. It's all theater. Ultimately, they all report up to Israel. Right. And if you are Jewish, you automatically get Israeli citizenship, Mike. So Anthony Blinken is a U.S. citizen. But people should go to this website and they should be horrified that all of these people would not get a penny if they did not bow down to Zionism. Here's Andy Biggs, right? Acts like he's a populist, right? Well, mm -hmm. he pays homage to Zionism. Every single one of these people. And so this is what's fascinating. And ultimately, all of these people, John, 
are advised, their advisors, their key think tank people, you could probably do a direct line to Harvard Kennedy School of Government. You say? Well, that that's where I also think you've got a direct line to Epstein Island and the Walita Air, Air, you know, and uh, what was it Marsha Blackburn? I think is subpoenaing the flight logs, or or some somebody is subpoenaing the flight logs. I think it's uh, Marsha Blackburn. Yeah, and, and I, I think I think even there, John, you're never going to see any of it come out. And people I agree. talk a I good agree. game. You know, oh, I'm going to release the flight logs. They're not going to do any of this. Is just going to be theater for the American public. The only okay. way those flight logs are going to be released fully is if we have a revolution in this country. And we as the people do it. But the bottom line is that if you look at all of those con congressional people, presidents, uh, uh, senators, uh, uh, every level of politician, they have to bow down to Zionism. And that's what the American people need to be aware of. And those Congress people and those presidents, as you know, John, really, they don't really have any power. The real power they, uh, if you look at most, if you ever watch any of those things, John, where they're talking at those congressional hearings, notice they're always looking at some screen. You notice when they're sitting in their platform, mm -hmm. they're always looking at some screen. They're giving their statements. Who wrote that? Who wrote their questions? It was written typically out of some nerd coming out of the Kennedy School or the law school at Harvard University. Nine out of 10 times, right? Or Yale on, a, on another day. It's become so painfully obvious, and and I think you know between Mitch McConnell, uh, Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz, uh, it it's like you're watching television. It's a show, and then at the end of the show, they all go out to dinner together. Like you said, you know there 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 is there's not two teams. There's not a red team and a blue team. They're all taking money from the same people. It never made any sense. It never made any sense until Epstein Island. And when I saw Epstein Island, I said, oh, my God, they've got video of these guys. That's what happened. They get all these big shot senators and all these Congress people, and then they become the mentors. They are the ones who are telling these young, the new Hakeem Jeffries, oh, no, you need to take the money from APAC. You need to take the money from these guys because they're the ones that they got the videotapes of. Somebody went to Epstein Island. Somebody was on that massage table somebody's on camera wasn't me i yeah. never got there. i never went there i don't know if yeah. you were able to make it there if you were god bless you but i never made it there so well, what, hap what happened was so epstein infiltrated the halls of congress he infiltrated the halls of wall street and then harvard. he also infiltrated the halls of academia um in particular MIT, harvard in particular harvard right yeah harvard he was everywhere because what epstein claimed was he was very much into like being an academic um, he infiltrated all of Harvard. He also infiltrated Media Lab. The president of MIT, uh, Raphael Reif, who I think is a complete scumbag, mm -hmm. um, he took money from Epstein after he was convicted. I was the only alumni who asked for Reif to step down. Wow. You say? What about Negroponte? What about Nicholas? Well, N Nicholas is the one who started the Media Lab, but Marvin Minsky, professors yeah. in the physics department, the yeah. entire Media Lab in 2000 was completely infiltrated and the media lab essentially became more of a cylon empire you know doing mm -hmm. a lot of stuff ultimately everything that these guys do john is for the military or the intelligence agency and they do behavioral research you know they do psychological research they do media research so when i watch the internet right now or social media i can spot an intelligent agent right away you take someone who uh overnight gets 2 million followers out of nowhere. They're, mm -hmm. they're not shadow banned. And, they, mm -hmm. and in fact, some of them are speaking anti-Zionist rhetoric. They do fear porn. You go to some of these uh, guys' posts, everyone should look at them. And all they are is babies dying, babies dying, babies dying, babies dying, and, and then uh, Gaza being vaporized. Now, there's a CIA technique that came out in the 70s, created at places like Harvard and Yale, and other institutions called learned helplessness, L-E-A-R-N-E-D, learned helplessness. Mm -hmm. it, it means what it says. We're going to teach you how to become helpless. And they did experiments on animals and humans, basically where they took an animal or a mammal, subjected it, it to some type of pain, and where the animal had the opportunity to get rid of that pain, mm -hmm. 
using a button and no matter how many times it pressed that button, it couldn't get rid of the pain. Mm -hmm. And then the animal just learned, well, helpless. I'm going to be helpless. Stop pressing the button. Stop pressing the button. And what they found, John, was that the frontal lobe of the brain changes. Yes. I read this. I just yeah. read this uh, a couple weeks ago, how you the brain actually accommodates pain. It accommodates and pain and it becomes numb to it. That's yes. why I, I haven't posted one picture of a baby being slaughtered in Palestine because or, you know, um, you get numb to it. But you'll notice there's one guy who claims he's a quote unquote, a communist, this young kid, Jackson Hinkle. And all he does is post, and I really, and overnight, this guy's got 2 million followers there you go. Yeah. and claiming he's anti-Zionist. But when we asked him to post our flyer about the march on Harvard, silence, crickets. And go. so I can tell, you know, here we're doing an actual action, going after right. the actual enemy, risking right. our lives on the ground tomorrow. I see this a lot. They're trying to wrestle the narrative from you. Or, or set it up, John, where the CIA or Mossad creates these characters who act like they're anti-Zionist in this case, or, yes. or, you know, for free speech, like fucker Carlson, right. Or Glenn Greenwald. All right. I think in order to wrestle the narrative from you, you're speaking from the heart. These guys have got an actual script, right? There's stuff they do not want addressed that you are touching on. And that's, that's the alienation point. They're trying to wrestle your, story your narrative away from you with something that's similar enough that people be like, well that's almost the same thing and and john and that's why they that's why they created this snake vivek the snake they literally went found a brown skin indian guy out of nowhere right interesting like overnight this interesting. Guy's everywhere interesting. And tell, me, tell us more tell us more about yeah, this. yeah so, so from my standpoint over the last three years yeah i've seen the psychological operation occur because they did not expect a guy like me to get out there so mm -hmm. a guy like me who's got all these four degrees from MIT, has won every award there, has is accomplished, is supposed to be their bitch, right? I'm supposed to be their house slave. And no matter how many times I got exposed to all these opportunities, I never, I, something in me has a great revulsion against them, could never get bought, John. So well, if the you really I, I need to tell the audience this story because this, <clears throat> this still sits with me. You were running for the Senate Yes. Against Pocahontas. And yes. you sent her a 23andMe kit and said, well, let's settle it, right? I'm paraphrasing, but effectively you sent her a 23andMe kit and said, well, let's get down to the bottom line here, right? Are you or aren't you? I mean, what, can you tell the audience about that? Because yeah, so, I think so that's it's the greatest political thing that's ever happened. Long that was before great. Trump was involved in Trump, again, so many people steal my shit, John, because I'm always a pioneer in all this stuff, right? So they, they uh, so in 2017, I uh, sent a DNA kit because our slogan was only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. Okay. And that. to me, and, and um, when I did that, uh, we had a big sign of a picture of me mm -hmm. next to War Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas with a headdress mm -hmm. on. And it said only the real Indian can <laughs> defeat the fake Indian. Okay. Oh, it was probably one of the best ad campaigns in U S history. It okay. Genius. It was genius. Uh, only real Indian, uh, I'll find it, okay, while, while I'm doing it. And so we put this on a big bus in Cambridge, which is the center of Elizabeth Warren and all the oh liberal elites. So for those who don't know, she teaches at Harvard. She She's teaches a professor. at Harvard. She's a yeah. professor at Harvard. So he's got, oh God, this is and too then, much. So, so we, I have a building in Cambridge, you know, mm -hmm. through my own hard work that I bought, yeah, okay? Yeah, no yeah. one gave it to me, no... Uh, I'm not a uh, fucking uh, Donald Trump was Papa gave him everything and he, you know, wasted all of his father's resources. OK, it's another issue. But we had the sign called only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. OK, so we had this big bus and you can see it. OK, um, and, and we handed out and we used to have flyers like these, John. OK, <laughs> all right. Is this hilarious? OK, so, for example, it compared me to her real Indian, fake Indian, Dr. Shivaider, MIT, PG, Elizabeth Warren, Harvard, the inventor of email bankruptcy expert. Earned four degrees, <laughs> lied to get into Harvard. Inventor, scientist, lawyer, lobbyist, right? And we would hand out these flyers, okay, in Love Cambridge, it. okay, in the center of uh, Harvard, right? In the center of her, and 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 people would uh, 
take our flyers initially. And then they would say, wait a minute. Because <laughs> it would hit them in a little while, like what we actually were doing to them, right? Because we were mind fucking them. And they would call me a racist, John. Well, that that was, I think that was really the moment when they realized that you uh, you aren't going to be tamed. You, they're not going to be able to keep you under their thumb. Right. Uh, so you see, if you see that if you see that bus there, John, let me go back to this. Yeah. So yeah. What's fascinating is if you see this bus here. Where yeah. the hell is that? Um, if you she see, see it. yeah, I see. It. Uh, yeah. If you see, bring it up. Hold on. I got. Oh, yeah. So if you see this bus here, so this bus, this is my building, is parked in my um, is parked in my parking lot. Right, so right. I get a letter from the city of Cambridge saying I have to take down the sign because I'm violating some ordinance. Okay. <laughs> Oh yeah, they don't like it. They don't they like, didn't it. like it. So um on your property, on your property, my property on a bus, they said you must take it off your building. Yeah. And I said it's not on my building. So they said we're gonna start charging you three hundred dollars a day. All right. So I sued them. No lawyer wanted to take it on because everyone's scummy and you know, all these mm -hmm. lawyers are pussies. Right. I sued them. I ended up winning pro the pro se. I, pro se. Yeah, I filed a lawsuit. Well, and then they and they and they uh, said, okay, okay, that's fine. We don't want to take this any further, right? Because they didn't want to lose in federal court. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they dropped it. But the point is that um, I sent Elizabeth Warren a DNA test kit at twenty three and Me. I said, I will give you, um, you know, ten million dollars if you. I'll give you my building if you take this. <laughs> and the idiot, I sent it to her on her birthday. She returns oh. it to me. And really? I do a video. I said, I'm really deeply saddened that Elizabeth Warren returned this thing. And that went viral. I think it got like. Oh, yeah. Well, you were on major media. I mean, I saw you on TV. Like they were they were yeah. fascinated by this. So this was this was a they were deal. fascinated by me initially until they realized that I wasn't in the Republican camp either. Right. I was in my own independent camp saying whatever the fuck I wanted. And that's not what they like. No. So they initially the Republican like Fox News. Jesse Waters put me on and they realized, wait a minute, this guy's not going to play yeah. our game. Yeah. So then I was, I was completely blacklisted off them, but they got a lot of entertainment value out of me. You see? And then what happens is uh, I, so she returned the DNA test kit. Yeah. Then we did a DNA dance party. We said, let's have a DNA. And we did it right around her house. She lives on a street in Cambridge and we invited her. She didn't show up. Yeah. And then finally, we put up signs all over Massachusetts. We must have put up a thousand signs, which were only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. And she couldn't leave one highway without seeing these signs. And so eventually she took the the DNA test. She did? She oh, that's did. right. And, and, and she lost and, and, and they had to throw in Peruvian genes. They had to mix in some Peruvian genes, John. Didn't it and, turn out that you had more American, you had more yeah, American I, I Indian more American, in you than yes. she had in her, right? You had yes. American Indian in you, right? Yeah, I had more American Indian in me than she I remember did. that. I remember yes. that. And, I was, and that and, was terrible. And then were, Donald yeah. Trump said, oh, you know what? I'll give her $10,000 if she takes a DNA test. And then after she took it, he tried to take credit for it. Yeah. yeah and the well. bozo didn't do any of it. So, but, but, uh, you know, so now you have a fake, another fake Indian, fake American, Vivek the snake. So what happened is in 2020, John, we got out so much news out there. I was the first one to call out Fauci. We did all these lockdown protests, right? Uh, we did, uh, we exposed the whole election system stuff. I mean, I, I probably got maybe two hours sleep in 2020, 2021, you know, maybe, and what, John was relationship, what was your relationship with the uh, the Barrington group with uh, Bhattacharya, Martin Caldwell? Oh, those the, guys are scumbags. They came um, way after us. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. So Bhattacharya, he wrote a paper promoting lockdowns in early 2020. Uh -huh. So you have to understand what happened. We They were the other guys that they created out of Stanford, another CIA headquarters. So mm -hmm. here I am exposing Fauci. We did the Fire Fauci campaign getting 120,000 signatures. Then suddenly this great Barrington, Barrington right. Accords, they try to make it. I mean, it sounds like a fucked up name, right? It's for yeah. the elites, the great Barrington Accords, right? And it's and it's and it's by all these doctors who were quiet in March of 2020. Suddenly mm -hmm. at the end of 2020, they see me doing this stuff and getting massive amount of traction. 
So they try to hijack that campaign, John. That's what happened. But Jay Bhattacharya, they went and found another brown-skinned Indian guy, a professor out of Stanford, Stanford. you know, yeah. when he's yeah. never he's never really suffered. And they try to make him as a martyr. But in 2020, he had written a paper promoting lockdowns, a motherfucker. And no one talks about that. Interesting. Okay. Right. You, I, have that I want to explore this more with you. You and I need to do another session. I want we'll, to look we'll into do this more, more. But the, what I've seen is like, I'm the real deal exposing Fauci against lockdowns. Then Kennedy comes a year later, steals my material and writes the Fauci book. Kennedy was promoting lockdowns in March of 2020. Yes, he was. Right? And his wife was forcing everybody to get vaccinated. Well, to come whatever. To I mean, his wife, yeah, yeah. come on. Are you not a fucking man? You take testosterone shots. You have your balls shrunk to nothing. And we know many men and women were fighting in their households. People separated. They took principled yeah. positions. And he claims he's a fighter for the medical freedom movement. And he can't stand up to his wife. Are you fucking serious? For you people who are watching that want to support your campaign, how do they do that? How do they support your campaign for presidency? There's a bunch of ways people can support our campaign for presidency. Remember, our campaign, John, is not about giving me money, give me money, give me money. Booby Kennedy's, oh, I need $15 million okay. to get on the ballot. No, we want you, we want this campaign to be your campaign. So the first thing people can do, John, they can go to shivaforpresident.com, mm -hmm. shiva numeral for presidentcom and the first and foremost thing everyone should do is they should do something very simple because remember, our campaign is for working people. John, working people don't have the time to go to parties and hang out and go to dinners and, you know, simple thing. Go to shivaforpresident.com and in literally a few seconds, you can take 30 seconds and you can go to right to the website and you can go to the shop here and you don't have to spend a lot of money. And you can go right here where it says lawn sign and bumper stickers. And you can simply get one of these bumper stickers, John, that I'm sharing right here. And what's great about these bumper stickers is they're cheap, effective. You put it on the back windshield of your car. John, you should put one of these on there. And it's a powerful way to say, fuck you. Okay. And you're supporting a real candidate. That's one thing. A hundred thousand people a day will see that, John. One little bumper sticker. That's number one. The second thing people can do, John, is if we go to this website, there's right here, it says free downloads, okay? Mm -hmm. On the top. Yep. And in the free downloads, there's a wonderful flyer. Free. You just download it, print it on your black and white printer. You don't have to use color. Go, go to your library, abuse their printer. It's your tax dollars. And print these out. And what this flyer has in it, John, the core messaging of our campaign the lesser of two evils is killing your children. And then it, and the left side shows you how, right? It shows you this graph that comes out of Kaiser Permanente. Because of the policy starting by the Kennedys and others in 1960s, by the 1980s, the US lifespan is going wackadoodle the other way, John. And it's not any one issue. It's not the vaccines. It's not just the poison. It's not just the destruct, you know, income inequality. It's all those things. It's a systems issue. In fact, the rest of the world is going to go in that direction. And then the swarm videos right there, John, people can see who is doing this to them. And then the right side gives them the solution. A, here's our campaign video. Learn the science of systems, John. You know, I've taken this very deep stuff that only the elites get access to system science, and we've made it accessible to everyone. And then invite people to our open house which we do every, um, we do this every, uh, you know, Thursdays, you know, yesterday was almost until midnight, you know, every Thursdays, we do a open house at 11am, as well as at 8pm. And people can sign up to come to this open house and go to vashiva.com slash orientation, or shivaforpresident.com slash town hall. So they that's a third thing they can do, John, one is get the bumper sticker, download the flyer, come to our open house, because you'll meet People from all over the world and the country support what we're doing, so you won't feel lonely. These people want you to feel isolated and lonely. They just want you to be on social media looking at fear porn all day, right? Following some idiot who will not get on the ground. They're not into getting on the ground and building a movement. Like this guy I just told you about, Hinkle, right? Out of nowhere, he's got 2 million followers, acts like he's anti-Zionist, but does not have the integrity. I don't know. Because I see it all the time. I see these characters pop up yeah, out of nowhere all not, the time. He will not 
do what's right here and now, right? It, it's very much so um, here and now means why aren't you, you know, putting up or retweeting this thing? Because we are actually doing something on the ground. We're going right to the belly of the beast. And I used to notice this, John, when I was in 1980s, you know, I used to do massive protests against South African apartheid. And we would notice there were the establishment people who supported apartheid. And then there were these cucks, right, as we call them now. But mm -hmm. these namby-pamby liberal who would talk about, oh, yeah, free South Africa, no to apartheid, these bullshit slogans. But those same people, John, would not get on the ground and walk into places like Roxbury or Dorchester, black communities. So these lily white liberals who claimed they cared for people halfway around the world, we're afraid of black people right here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that's the same thing here. All these grifters, oh yeah, poor Palestinians. Let me sh throw more and more pictures of babies, but they will not support us right here when we're getting ready to go on the ground to do a massive demonstration at Harvard, which is tomorrow. a set of tomorrow. Tomorrow, 11 exactly. a.m., November 11th. Tomorrow at 11 a.m., 11, 11, 11, 11, November 11. Right Harvard in Harvard Square. Square. Right in Harvard Square. Oh man! So think think about what I'm saying. So everyone it's, out there, are you live streaming this? Is somebody yeah. live streaming this? All right, where live people, stream this? If people can't be there physically, yeah, how can they catch this live stream of this? They, event? they can just go to my YouTube page. They can go to my Twitter page, and we'll be live streaming it right out of there. And just to give you an idea, last time, and by the way, this is now becoming a free speech protest because mm -hmm. the president of Harvard, right mm -hmm. after we put out our flyer, said. You will, she condemned, basically is trying to control speech. You will not use from the river to the sea in any of your slogans. It's crazy. I know. I, it just hit the news today. It, it's yeah, in the but news that already. was the response yeah. to our protest. Unreal. Unreal. Un unreal, exactly. Unreal. Right. And you will have Glenn Greenwald not retweet our thing, Fucker Carlson right. not retweet it. All of these people are grifters, Maximus. In fact, they're CIA operatives. That's who they really are. We because so otherwise, they would not get up. so much media support. I can't wait to, to do our second session. I'm wishing you so much luck tomorrow. Yep. Be, be safe. Uh, you know, Keep your head on a swivel. Be careful. And uh, I'm so grateful that you took the time to speak with me and that you shared this, uh, this entity relationship map of uh, what's going on in Massachusetts. And uh, boy, oh boy, it sure helps people, I think, understand the depth of what's going on, the breadth of it, the depth of it. Uh, there's a lot to this. It's it's rather complex. And so I'm so yeah, great. So there, there we go. As we were saying, John, is if you look at Harvard University and this wonderful map, the mapping project did, we really have to give it to these guys. They've really shown the relationships of Zionism right in Massachusetts. And we're going right at the heart of Zionism tomorrow, In probably in the world. All the world leaders, Netanyahu, all these people at some point have touched this place called, um, you know, uh, the Kennedy School of Government right here. So we're going to be right here, you know, and we're going into a war zone because the Harvard president has said that she has condemned basically people from demonstrating. And if you do, you're going to be called anti-Semitic. So we say fuck you to that because this is America and Zionists do not control this country. And that's what this is about. So everyone listening, go retweet that get the word out there. And I'm the only presidential candidate, John, who is not a cocksucker. And we, we have a new term, cocksucker with a Z, okay? I think I get other, the, the link. That? I think I understand the link. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every other candidate for president has to suck Zionist cock. That's where we live in right now. And I hate to be so harsh, but that is the reality. And America has been occupied by Zionism. So has Palestine. So anyone out there truly wanting to free Palestine, you got to free America. And the epicenter of that control, I would argue from all this, and you can do the mapping analysis, is Harvard University. Amazing. And uh, I'll tell you a close second uh, that we'll need to take a look at is Georgetown. Uh, uh -huh. their, their foreign their foreign school, uh, what is it, the diplomat school? It, the people that don't go to Harvard are at Georgetown. And yes. so those, those, yes. those, those are the two sites. And Georgetown's yep, right, out, right outside of Langley. Right. So. And then you have Stanford, which does a lot of research. 
um, which they're the ones who created the long, long fuse report, which yeah. was which said that I was a top six super spreader on the internet, yeah, right? I remember that. I remember yep. that. Yeah. So we have to understand anytime you see Stanford on something and the uh, and the people being promoted out of there, right? Anytime you see anyone, in my view at this point, John, who gets lots of views on Twitter is not shadow banned, all suspect, John. I'm with you. I agree with yeah. you completely. I agree completely. Again, I'm so grateful that you took this time with me Thanks, John. to speak with you. And I hope we get a chance to talk again. We'll, we'll, I got a lot of data to show you. Let's do it again. So me and John will do another session on mapping. And we're going to talk about mapping and COVID. And again, the intersection with that. Thanks, John. I'm going to end with just playing. I don't know if you have to go, but I'm just going to play our campaign video. Yeah, do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch for sure. Okay. Thanks, Who would have man. ever thought yep. I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low caste untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses, and coding software. My friends and neighbors are blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14-year-old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system and was awarded the first U.S. copyright for email, recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, anyplace by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India to have us fighting each other while they remain safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard, and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter. I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars, fought for workers, and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not-so-obvious establishment. Across left and right, we were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America. They printed trillions for their friends. They delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption and racism. They transferred trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering and fake science. Lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out. One set of rules for them and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time, never waiting until it was popular. I've exposed their false gods who exist to lead you back to them. I've exposed their fake science of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system, saving millions. I exposed Fauci, galvanized the fire Fauci campaign when others remained silent. When they stole our election, we sued the government and Twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit, exposing in bare view the government and big tech censorship infrastructure, the unholy alliance between government and social media companies. Where was Elon and his grifters? They stood by the sidelines and did nothing. They did not use their megaphones to help us when it could have made a big difference. Now our movement grows for truth, freedom, health, independent of all of them. Every day millions are learning the science of systems, the knowledge the elites do not want you to have, so you may learn how to think, stand up, and fight independent of the establishment of left and right and their fake heroes. Now it's time for you to join the movement to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for president of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires, and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file, who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people, for the working people, who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back truth, freedom, health, to win back America. Be part of this historic movement all the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. 
If you're an American citizen, pledge your vote now for Dr. Shivaya Duray, the independent candidate for U.S. president. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shivaya Duray, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Shiva for president. Love it. Thank you again for so they sharing. Should go, they should go get this bumper sticker, right? Hell yeah. Back of the car. Download. If they want to donate, uh, they can do that. But in many ways, when people donate to me, John, I can't take money without giving people something when they donate. I give them books. I give them courses. I, I give them training in system science. Um, I give them all the stuff. I uh, It's a way of me reciprocating, right? So this is not just give me money, give me money, give me money. That's what right, all these right, other right. politicians are doing. So anyway, it. John, this was great. Thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you soon. And again, be careful tomorrow. All right. Yeah, be well. Thanks, John. All Keep right. an eye out. And, and everyone listening, retweet the fact that tomorrow we're doing a massive protest. Uh, you, you're welcome to take the flyer off Twitter. It's on Facebook. It's everywhere. But take that flyer and get it out there, okay, that we're marching on Harvard. We're not going to let Harvard University tell people how Zionists get a carve out of the First Amendment and what we can and cannot say. It's all bullshit, okay? But Harvard is the epicenter of Zionism. And November 11th, tomorrow at 11 a.m., um, November 11th, 11, 11, 11. Okay. Thank you. Be Thank well, you. John. Take Talk care. Soon. Bye -bye. Okay. Bye bye.